Welcome and thank you for choosing the Mental Mindset Podcast presented by DBC Sports Psychology. Mental Mindset is hosted by Andrew Tosi and Zach Perkins, who will discuss mental skills, tips, and tricks to help you, your child, or your athletes be the best version of themselves in and out of sports. We hope you enjoy this week's Mental Spark. Hello, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Mental Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. And we're really grateful to have you here for yet another episode. Zach, what week are we on now? What what is this? This is episode number 14. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. We're going on like, what, three and a half months? That's impressive. I don't know. I can't do months into, into weeks. That's just not how my brain works. Four, buddy. Four. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's not uh, how it works. Yeah, counting is numbers are hard. We're almost at almost if we get to 20 past 20, you're going to like have to not really know what's going on. You got to use you'll run out of fingers and toes. It doesn't even take that much. It's literally just I don't know. Such a salesman. Such a salesman. Yeah, here we are. I have no idea how much it is, where it comes from. It'll produce something. No, and actually the, the it's way easier than that. I have a system that tells me price, tells me what everything is. I don't have to do the math. Way easier. And then if I don't know, that's why God made calculators. I actually think it wasn't God. It was somebody who was way like technical, but whatever. Yeah, I don't think. Anyway, we're not getting into the religion conversation. That's a good <laughs> uh, But anyway, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's good. So your entire life is automated by computers. That's that's perfect. So so are you trying to tell me that like if you actually had to like do some mathematical stuff, you might run into like errors and the yips kind of thing is that That was a terrible transition into what we're going to talk about this week uh it has nothing to do with the yips but you were yeah sure we'll go with it yes Mm -hmm. that's it i would have some have some issues ah ah interesting interesting zach do you know what the yips are uh i've combated with them on the golf course for pretty much my entire life because i'm not that great of a golfer so yes uh i do Okay, interesting. So, so uh, I would argue that like the yips actually aren't uh, what you're experiencing. That's just lack of skill. Wow, wow, that's just wrong. I think I'm going to quit this podcast today. This is my last episode. It's been great to talk to everybody. See ya. <laughs> uh, great success. Uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, the yips have a, a few different definitions, but one of the ones that I really appreciate is it's a state of a nervous tension affecting an athlete, uh, such as a golfer, in the performance of a crucial action. So, uh, like, the yips tend to be uh, very physiological and psychological, which kind of is what makes it really interesting to study and also kind of work with. I mean, I guess if we go back a couple of weeks to our master's episode, we kind of t- chatted about it a little bit, right? Where on the last hole, you're trying to finish up, goes through, uh, pulls the first putt, and it's that's just a nervous energy thing, right? Like, you already have it in the bag. You know where you're at with things. And, uh, and Scotty, just because of the situation, starts to tense a little bit, pulls a couple puffs before he uh, ends up knocking home the, the the winner, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, a, that was, it was a good example of that. But the yips, the yips tend to be a longer thing, right? Like it's not like once or twice making a mistake, but there, there's like there's four actual main components of the yips. Uh, and I'm going to guess that you can pick out some of them, right? Like psychological and physiological. Well done. Uh, and then neurological and performance are the other two. 
Uh, and, and what's really important is to understand that like experiencing three of these components, especially psychologically, physiologically, and the performance aspect can really, really affect you. Do you know how? I have absolutely no idea. I th- appreciate you asking though. Of course. Well, what do you think, what do you think, I guess, leads to the yips, at least in, in, in the most common of experiences? Well, I mean, I think building off of the kind of the conversation we had last week, right, where you start to get into a rut or you're uh, struggling or battling through a situation. Ultimately, I guess that for me is what leads to the yips, right? You're you have a prolonged experience of not performing at the level you may know you can perform at. Like We were talking about Brad Marsh on a bit and how he was on a scoring drought. You start to squeeze your stick a little bit and it becomes a, a compounded long term issue versus a, a just a short term hey i didn't score for this game or that game it's now i've put 11 games together i have a sample size where i've not been able to do what i do pretty regularly yeah exactly man and and you know a lot of the yips are studied in golf but it happens in almost every in any sport right it's this idea of a of a common skill or something that like we routinely do and all of a sudden we're unable to do it like when we think of the yips i mean like I think of like golf putting and things like that, right? Like this aspect of a very simple task that all of a sudden becomes quite difficult or almost impossible to do, right? So like um, I was I was doing research on this, not just for this podcast, but for just my general knowledge. And I found a really interesting set. Do you know what percent of high level golfers and what they consider high level is uh, people with a handicap of uh, less than one? Um, like, do you know the the amount of what they no, keep on, keep on going. We're not taking this out. We want to hear you continue to struggle. What do you you're got such, for us? You're such, you're such a guy who I love that you do the editing and my mistakes just turn into like absolute bloopers. I was gonna say, do you know what the percentage is of what people are? are, are oh my god, why can I not speak? This is- I just want you to know, so while you collect yourself here for a second, and we're talking, this is a perfect example of the short-term yips, here we are, Um, but uh, when I edit, I want you to know I don't cut anything out on my end either, it's just that I'm way better than you at this, so you should just accept that. (laughs) Oh my god, it's like I had a brain fart, sure, and and if you're wondering... That's kind of what the yips looks like. Something very simple as such as talking into a microphone about something that you know a lot about and not being able to do it. But anyway, what so I was do you trying want to, to try get... I was going to say, you want to try this again? Yeah, I'm going to try for a third time because I know that I know what I'm trying to say. It's just not coming out of my mouth. So that's really cool. Uh, but anyway, do you know what the percent of people are at high level golf that report having the yips at some point in their career? I am so proud of you for getting that out. And I absolutely do not. Oh, I hate you. And it's uh, it's 26 to 47 and a half percent. Quite a large number. Right. But uh, in those numbers are dis- de- different definitions of like psychological and physiological, which is kind of cool stuff. Right. Um, so can you think of a time that maybe you had the gifts yourself? Well, so I'm going to go back to those numbers for a second. So you said generally, right, 26 to 47 percent, more or less. That surprises me. I would have expected that to be a little bit larger. And again, understanding that, you know, you were talking professional golfers where that number is really not um, a large number of people, right? So like I would have expected that to be skewed a little bit more towards either that 50% or even a little bit higher based on the fact that, again, golf's not an easy game. It's a very psychological game. You're mixing psychological performance with, with you know, like uh, – Oh, oh, it just happened. Hey, this is oh, apparently this, oh, this is that episode, huh? Oh, um, oh. 
when you're mixing like uh, mental performance with with actual like body performance, right? So you, you're trying to tie those two things together. Um, I guess I would have just expected that to be more. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a fair fair comment. I when I was doing the research on it, I was really interested myself, uh, and that's granted from uh, two different articles. They found two different numbers, um, so I kind of just threw those together. But I think it's really interesting to think about. And I mean, I think I think when people hear the yips, it's almost like a scary moment, right? You also hear about it in baseball, like all of a sudden they can't make that throw to first base, or the the catcher can't make the throw back to the pitcher or to second base, uh, like on a on a steal or something like that. You think about like just these very common movements that almost all of a sudden become really strenuous and difficult to do. And, and everyone always goes like, well, how do you cure the yips? And it really depends on whether it's more psychological or physiological for them, right? Is it more, is it more their body movement or is it more in their head? I guess at the end of the day, right, it's about getting back on the horse, getting in the saddle and just, just you got to take it on, right? Regardless of what situation it is, mental or physical, uh, you just have to get back in there. I guess a really good example of this is is football, right? You think about a quarterback. Guy goes out, throws a pick, or guy goes out, takes a huge sack, and gets smoked, right? That guy's got to get back in there and do it really quickly. And you see a lot of times quarterbacks, it takes a couple series afterwards where, you know, it's either a little dink and dunk play um, or it's something like they hand the ball off a couple times because they're trying to get the ball out of their hands quickly. And you see when they need to hold on to that ball for a couple seconds before they hit you know, a receiver down the field, you almost see them start to get a little antsy or a little jumpy and they're not comfortable because they either know they're going to get hit or something else is coming. Absolutely, man. And I mean, I'm sure you saw it in Olmark in game one against the Hurricanes. Like, I mean, it just, it just making very routine mistakes in goal. It was quite embarrassing. I don't think it was that bad until the fourth goal went off the side of his face. And then, you know, <laughs> every Boston fan wanted to torch, you know, the entire city. But other than that, no, it was great. We were just having yeah, a great time. Yeah, it was a great time. It was real fun to watch. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it really depends on like what's happening, right? So if it's more of a physiological thing, right? What what studies have shown and like what the yips are when it's a more of a physical thing are like your muscles start spasming or they lock up or they get really almost too loose. There's, one of those three things tend to happen. And you just, it's almost like you lose control of your muscles, right? So like, I think about like when someone's putting, right? Like a typical miss, their miss might be to the left, right? So what might happen is when they start noticing that they're going left, their body might start tensing and they get, might get a little bit more uh, constricted and tight. And like all of a sudden their body starts going and starts twitching and it starts making them miss all over the place. It doesn't matter where they're aiming. So that's kind of a physiological yip. And the way to deal with that, um, I mean, well, first I'll ask, like, do you have any idea on how you might change or uh, adjust for the yips physically i was just say from a physical standpoint not really right i guess it's the only thing i could think of is like breathing exercises or something like that like just to try to get your body to relax because it's if you're in that physical tenseness uh you need something and i guess there's a little mental aspect to that right because you're probably at that point talking yourself like hey take a breath here like try to relax a little bit um, but that breathing just to try to get you back to, you know, who you are in the core, um, is probably the best way. You're, you're really close and you're pretty spot on, right? Like I, at the end of the day, there's, there's a trick in sports psychology. If the, if the issue is somatic or physical, right? Uh, you treat it with a somatic or physical response. If it's cognitive or mental, you treat it with a cognitive or mental response, right? So like the breathing would be a really good idea, but one of the simplest ones is to change how you do it originally right? Like, so like, let's say you just have a very typical overhand putting grip, 
right? And all of a sudden you get the yips and your body's like, uh, uh, uh oh, like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like my body's just starting to do whatever it wants and I can't do the simple motion anymore. Change your grip or change your stroke, right? Like simply to like, oh, it's almost like rewiring and retraining your brain. You can always go back to your old one, but like to break the yip, right? You want to kind of change what you're currently doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of a, I don't know. It's odd though, right? You think about like, if you put it into the the perspective of a professional, right? You're now asking that person to do something completely different and trust it right out of the gate. Uh, I changed my, my putting just because I was having not even the yips. I was just having issues with accuracy. Um, so I went from just a standard putting grip to the claw. Um, and it's unbelievable. I have, I've taken a lot of the push out of my, out of my golf stroke, but uh, it, I guess as a, as a professional, I couldn't imagine having to do something like that. Right. And whenever you say the claw, I just go the claw from like, Toy Story. <laughs> that's my, that's all I think about. So yeah, yeah. whatever. Simple, simple mind. I got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to treat it with a cognitive, uh, cognitive therapy. It doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and there's something like when you're talking about aim too, like you just can't seem to like aim right. Or like you're having issues reading the green or like your stroke is off. There's also real simple ways to kind of practice of like, just lay two clubs down, lay two alignment sticks down, uh, uh, use the mirrors that now exist for like your, for your takeaway, for your club head, when you're putting, especially like, and you can kind of just get yourself into a rhythm, right? Another way to easily do it is line up a bunch of tees so that only your club head will fit. And when that happens, right, you get down the stroke, like you retrain your muscles, right? You retrain yourself physiologically to kind of remove that yip aspect from it physically, you know? At the end of the day, really, right? It's it's about going back to the basics. It's about using practice techniques. That's kind of where you break it, right? Especially if it's a sure. if it's a physical thing, right? You have to go back and do uh, repetitive things. Get your body trained back into a comfortable motion, rather than trying to force it or overcorrect. Yeah, dude. Exactly. You you want to like find a way to just retrain and re and relearn the skill um that way you can kind of like break that in a way right and then like usually physiological turns into psychological right so like dealing with a psychological aspect of the yips is a little bit more interesting and uh, at times a little bit more difficult right uh, one of the more effective treatments for the psychological aspect of it is a is a treatment called emdr therapy which is a trauma-based therapy and it's a little aggressive to call it a trauma but the yips can be traumatic Right. Especially if you're at a high level or even if you're just the, the, the weekend warrior, if like something that you're really good at, all of a sudden you're not good at. I mean, you can start being like, man, I suck at everything. And I mean, it could really affect everything. I, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest golfer in the world, right? Like I definitely. Uh, I, I, yeah, look, I like I know I'm a weekend warrior. Right. But um very easily you can sit there like I can sit there and tell you there are times when I play golf and it's so frustrating because I know I'm a better golfer than how I'm playing during that time uh, and it's funny too because you say like oh it's traumatic uh, mentally <laughs> I can destroy myself in 18 holes faster than anybody could you know in years trying to do it on their own so it's it's pretty great <laughs> Yeah, it, well, <laughs> it's so true. Uh, but we've all been there, right? We've all had these aspects, whether it's uh, on the course, off the course, on the court, off the court, on the ice, off the ice, whatever it is, in the office, out of the office, right? Even just simple things that like we normally know how to do and we feel really confident in. If those things change or like those things start um, 
becoming more difficult for us, it can be kind of traumatic in a way, right? And like, there's this aspect of it, like it's it's really anxiety based, right? And and the point of it, like an EMDR treatment is that it brings subconscious aspects that you may not be aware of to the front and center and kind of bring them to light so that you can address them. Basically, when you pay more attention to it, it becomes more apparent is what I'm getting, right? Yeah. Call the boogie monster out of the closet and realize he's not that big of a monster. Kind of thing. Uh, I think you're lying to me. I could be wrong. But... <laughs> oh, man. Your mom never had that conversation with you, did she? But they're not real. This isn't the poltergeist. I don't believe you. I'm going to just continue to sleep with the light on and uh, hope for the best. That's good. I, I mean, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad to know that you leave the lights on while you sleep. You got night lights everywhere? Uh, 17. Wow. Wow. Every it's like daytime. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, I really hope you get some good sleep. My God. Um, okay. That's something. But yeah, man, I mean, the, it really depends on the kind of yips that you're having on the way that you're going to approach dealing with them. Right. And it's going to be the way that like we, uh, or me as a sports ecology consultant, I'm going to deal with it and then trying to help you through it. But like, I was interested to kind of get, bring this topic up for you as a coach. Like what if one of your players has the yips? Like, what do you think you can do? Like, or how do you even notice it? Like, cause a lot of times if a guy like on a team sport starts messing up, he's just benched. Right, there's not a conversation like, hey, man, what's going on? I mean, sometimes there is. Um, but like for you, like, have you ever run into this experience or like had someone um, kind of ex- like just got, kind of going through some stuff that they normally wouldn't go through? Going through some shit. You can say it. It's just it is what it is, right? I cursed a lot last week and I was like, eh, I should probably watch my mouth just just a little. But you there's, I think there's I, I think there's just certain words you should watch what you use. But other than that, um, <laughs> oh, no. But ultimately, I think yeah, yeah, yes is the answer to that, right? I've seen players. I've I've had my players go through it. Um, it's hard to answer this in though. I think the way you're looking for just because of who I am as a coach and like the we we talked about it before, right? Like I coach with authenticity. It just who I am as a person and who I am as a person is very conversational, right? So I don't want my players to feel like, hey, you're getting benched and I'm not going to chat with you about it or I'm not going to give you feedback on what I'm seeing. Um, and when that that conversation happens, then again, I'm looking for you to have a conversation with me. And if it's a struggle or something's happening, you're battling through something. I want to know so that I can either, you know, speak with you and try to get you through that or Maybe it's something where it's like, hey, we're going to stay on the ice for an extra 10 or 15 minutes or we're going to, you know, take one end and we're going to work on whatever that situation is that you feel like you're battling through. Um, So it's not so much, I guess for me, yeah, maybe in the heat of the game, you lose it. Right. And you don't have that initial conversation. Um, But I always feel like I grab my guys, even if it's after a game and just, hey, we don't have to talk today if it's not, you know, like immediately after the game, if it doesn't make sense. But find me before we start practice Monday, let's have a quick conversation and let's go through where you're at or what's happening. Uh, I, I, I feel like my coaching style is, you know, let's, let's nip it in the butt early. Let's try to get rid of it. So it doesn't compound into a long-term thing, but yeah, we've had guys on the team, right? I got a guy who came in, scored a ton of points in juniors, uh, unbelievable shot, like pro level shot has a chance to go play pro hockey. Uh, and had a down season. He ended up breaking his arm uh, and 
kind of threw his season into a blender. He came back the next season and he just wasn't producing at the level he was as a freshman. And I think there's a conversation you have there where all of a sudden it's like, Hey, is this a mental thing you're going through? Is it physical? Like, are you still hurt? Um, or, or where are you at with things? And, you know, just through conversation and the relationship I have with that player, you know, we were able to have some, I'd call them uncomfortable conversations, right? Because it becomes that situation where it's like, I need you to break the wall down and have a conversation with me so I can find out how to help you, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think that's a spot on kind of reaction, especially, especially for a coach that's in tune with their, with their players. Like you, I know that you are right in this aspect of all coaches who can do that and, and understand their players and be compassionate and empathetic and just kind of address those things kind of head on, you know? Um, I think I think one thing that people are always wondering is like, what are like the symptoms of the yips? Like, how will I know if I have the yips? Well, I mean, the first one is like just it's it's really just an interruption of your fine motor skills that then lead to like a like an anxiety or like kind of a pressure. Right. Like like I said, there's the freezing aspect. There's the uh, inability to perform just a simple task. Uh, and it just really messes up your muscle memory. And that's the big thing, right? Uh, you think about pitchers not being able to hit their spots anymore. We mentioned the catchers. We mentioned even even hockey players like unable to make the simple pass, right? It's like they're just they're a little too far ahead of the stick or a little behind the stick. And it's like, good God, like what is going on here? It's just a it's just a it's an interruption of the fine motor skill or the muscle memory that you used to have. And it, if you start noticing that, it's really good to be self-aware and try to address it head on and be like, okay, like I'm going to slow things down a little bit. Let me get back to basics here. Or like, let me change the way I do it. So that doesn't become a bigger issue. Makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. That's uh, I think honestly, that's, that's just the way you kind of uh, identify deal with and uh, I guess cure and uh, quotation marks, the yips. Uh, and sometimes people never experience it and that's a great thing. Right. Uh, but for it, it, really what happens is it's it's more the higher level, the the more um, prevalent yips are, uh, whether no matter what the sport is. But like that's why like professional athletes tend to experience the yips more than like the amateur athlete. Uh, if you're in tournament playing things like that, like obviously psychological pressures add to the fine motor skill uh, disruptions and things like that, like that kind of stuff can occur. But um, as you continue to get better in whatever sport you're you're partaking in, or if you're coaching a particular sport at the higher level, be aware of these things, right? Like the yips are a thing. Obviously, uh, if you've ever watched Ted Lasso, they're like, oh, don't say the Y word, right? Like for, in soccer, like don't say the yips. You can't say the yips. It's against the rules. Um, and it's because like it's like this omen, this, this mythological creature that's going to creep in and steal your brain. Uh, but it's not. It's just a it's just an aspect of really actually caring about your sport and almost being so good at it that like your muscles and your body don't always how to react to it. And it just kind of occurs and, and it screws you up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we both experienced the yips early on in this podcast where I couldn't even speak and ask you a damn question. So that was cool. Uh, but look, it, we, we psychologically calmed down and and realized that we're being uh, dumb dumbs and uh, and we're here now. So I, I, I think it's your fault, to be honest. You brought up this conversation of the yips and it just mentally just distorted me. I had nothing. My brain was in a pretzel. I couldn't do anything. I was sweating over here. It was the weirdest thing. I got a pretzel in my brain. Intelligent, <laughs> <laughs> nice. What a great, what a great oh, movie. Um, but yeah, man, I uh, that was a great, uh, another great episode on the yips. I uh, I hope the people ask, start asking questions, especially about this kind of stuff and, and other things. I'm looking forward to the episode where I get to uh, like apply all these topics and these uh, 
discussions to like real life situations because uh, I know that people are out there struggling for with this from just generalized anxiety and, and things like that. So I think it's a, a good aspect of it. But uh, I know that will do it for me on the Yip episode. Uh, and I'm going to go do some uh, muscle memory on how to speak. So good talk. <laughs> Great. Your fiance will be so happy that you're going to talk to her all night. <laughs> She's going to be thrilled. That's whatever. <laughs> she chose it. <laughs> Big thing. Um, so episode 14, I know we said we were going to try before episode 15 to get our next guest out, uh, which was going to be a pretty big guest. Uh, I've got some traveling. We've got some stuff going on on my end, so it will not happen before episode 15. But uh, between episode 15 and 20, it's going to happen. I think I'm going to try to aim for episode 20 uh, to be that that feedback episode we have with some of the questions that have already been asked and what we can do there. So uh, look for that episode 20, just something shooting ahead. And then, like I said, 15 to 20, we're going to have a pretty big guest on for us. I think it's exciting. So, uh, other than that, you can reach us as always by, uh, email mental mindset podcast at gmail.com or Andrew's website or wherever, both of our social medias as well. Other than that, we appreciate you guys as always, uh, don't hesitate to reach out if we can help and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Thanks.